Welcome to Slutty Activism, the podcast that teaches you to fight fascism with your genitals. Really, you can become the change you want to see in the world by becoming an extraordinary lover. No experience necessary. I'm your host, certified sex coach and professional sexual revolutionary, Sarah Martin. Let's get started. Hello, friend. Welcome to this bonus episode of the Slutty Activism Podcast. Have you ever hit a slump when it comes to pleasure? You go from being in the flow, excited by the novelty of your experiences, living out your resourcefulness and creativity in deliciously debauched ways until all of a sudden you experience something like writer's block, but for your orgasms. Or maybe you weren't really pursuing novelty and experimentation and instead are curious about what more is possible, given that you grew up with a pretty limited frame of reference about sexuality. Or maybe you're happy. Things are going great in the pleasure department, and you'd just like to add more. One of the best things to do when you're out of ideas is to look to others for inspiration. We, as humans, are primates that learn by following examples, after all, And each of us brings our own unique lens and ideas to experiences of sensuality, sexuality, and eroticism. It can be wonderful to chat with your close friends for inspiration. I'm especially lucky because my close friends include some of the most talented, creative, and downright interesting sexologists on the planet. So... It is with great joy that I'm bringing you a series of conversations with my colleagues on the topic of uncommon pleasure. The goal is to share with you fresh, new ideas and practical, actionable tips and advice so that you can start enhancing your pleasure immediately, as well as store up some ideas for the future. You'll also hear me make reference to video recordings. These are available as part of the five-day Pleasure Diary Challenge in the Slutty Activism Podcast Community Group. You can join for free by going to sluttyactivism.group. In today's episode, you'll hear my fascinating conversation with the wonderful Jess Liu about eco-sensuality. Jess is a somatic pleasure educator who focuses on body-based practices of pleasure, desire, and consent. Together, we explore what ecosensuality is, Jess's journey with ecosensuality, and practical ways you can explore ecosensuality for the first time, including an example practice you can try out today. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I am so grateful to Jess for so generously sharing this wisdom and for indulging all of my curious questions, uh, as ecosensuality is pretty new to me, too. So, all right, let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Oh, my goodness. I am so excited to be here with you all today because I have an absolutely incredible guest here with us to speak on an incredible topic. And for those of you who are seeing the video, you might see a smiling face with lots of beautiful plants in the background. Everyone, this is the wonderful Jessica Liu. 
And let me tell you a little bit about Jess before we get started. Jess is a somatic pleasure educator who focuses on body-based practices of pleasure, desire, and consent. The intention of her practice is to hold space and guide people within safe enough containers to trust, value, and express their body's desires. She believes there's a galaxy of ways to express and experience our erotic nature, and that through the altar of our bodies, we are able to access our innate wisdom, integrity, and ecological belonging. Jess, thank you so much for so generously spending some of your time with us today. Is there anything else you would like to add about who you are? Yeah, I would I would like to add where I am coming from. Um, I am currently residing in Jojage, which is colonially known as Montreal. And yeah, I want to take a pause of gratitude to the Kenyakinhaga Nation for being the caretakers of the land and the water that I'm on. Hmm. <sighs> Jess, thank you so much for sharing that land acknowledgement with us. I think that's really important, and I appreciate you bringing that into this space. So, listeners, friends, the reason I'm so excited to have Jess here with us today is that Jess has a practice of eco-sensuality. And here in these bonus episodes, we're talking all about uncommon pleasure, that is, ways to access and experience pleasure that you may have never thought of or considered before to open up new pleasure pathways for for everybody who's engaging with us. And just for the folks who might have thought, what on earth is eco-sensuality? Could you tell us a little bit about what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I actually still feel feel like I'm a beginner and discovering a language to um, this eco-sensuality that I have always felt deeply into and knew that it was true. And now I'm just discovering language around it. Um, But essentially when I think and feel into eco-sensuality, I think and feel that we are experiencing life through these bodies that are designed to sense and um, through our senses, we are in this like direct relationship to the world around us. Our bodies are designed to be sensuous and um, through these relationships to these larger holes that like to each other, people, the more than human world, the animate world, um, we come into a wholeness and a belonging that is inherently pleasurable. 
That's juicy. And I'm curious. So I definitely feel the sensuality piece. And I'm curious a bit about the eco piece. As I am thinking about, you have an extraordinary Instagram account, which by the way, everybody go follow Jess on Instagram. Uh, The handle will be in the show notes and we'll also share it here towards the end. You have these beautiful images of you with plants. And even I look at you now and you're surrounded by these beautiful living beings. And I'm wondering, do plants play a role in eco-sensuality? Hmm. Yeah, for me, definitely. And I think for us all, um, we are hmm, always in relationship to the more than human worlds. And um, I find just being in proximity and around my plants their aliveness and and their beauty um, reminds me of of my own. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. And I'm curious, Jess, could you share with us a little bit about the journey that you went on to arrive at this practice of eco-sensuality? How how did this come to be? Hmm. I think this journey to like coming home and really like occupying my body and my flesh and all of my feelings started actually in a Buddhist meditation course called Vipassana, Mm -hmm. where I was getting really into discovering my own spirituality. And um, so this Vipassana course uh is really the technique of it is just observing the body sensations and so that led me into this whole like spiral into like what is the body what is the body (laughs) (laughs) and then from there I just just have been exploring movement contact improv ecstatic like forms of freeform movement ecstatic dances and um and then it led me to the world of somatics where mm-hmm. it's some training in body mind centering and then I have been studying at the institute for the study of somatic sex education and um, the more I have become more intimate to this relationship to my body, I think the more I move through the world, um, the more I really noticed this like really deep pleasure and grounding that I would experience in nature. Mm. and first in the more than human worlds in the forest in a garden um yeah so I really feel like it's this felt sense of yeah yeah. um yeah Yeah. Does that answer the question? (laughs) It does. I think it opens up this this story about 
I, I love your saying that, oh, what is the body? Because I think there is absolutely something to that in terms of many of us have been socialized to become more and more disembodied and the way that we live within within capitalism, within patriarchy, within the structures that we occupy, we're not often encouraged to spend time feeling or just being, right? We're meant to be doing. I, I have big air quotes for anybody listening and not seeing the video. And so what you speak to there is really important. I think sometimes people start down this pathway of embodiment through any number of ports of entry. And it's so interesting what you listed off. I've heard my own clients, some of them started off with contact improv, and that's how they got uh, to, to this place of going, oh my goodness, I have this, this whole beautiful sensing body, and it's a little bit overwhelming. So I think it's a great opportunity to acknowledge that it can be a little bit overwhelming at first, right? And then, you know, for anybody who's listening and not seeing the video, you know, when you were describing that grounded sense of being in nature, you know, Jess just exhaled and, oh, her whole body relaxed and moved down towards the earth. And I think there's something very powerful in the visual as well as the sound, visual sound. We're talking about sensing and senses. And Jess, I'm curious, could you share with us how somatics supports our sensuous bodies, these wonderful sensing parts of ourselves? Um, yeah, when I think of this sight of our bodies and somatic practices being these body-based practices, um, sensing is such an inherent part of it and is this way of taking in the world around us um, through touch, through um, listening, deep listening through our ears, through visuals, through drinking in through our eyes um, and smelling. There's so much that we pick up in our in our noses that we're so that oftentimes goes under our awareness. Um, mm. And when I think of also somatic practices, there's also this like awareness of our internal world, the sensations that are happening inside of our bodies. And so when I think of ecosensuality, um, I really think of this like porosity and this interaction and this bridging of the two worlds of this mm. like, taking in external information through our senses and then also this like internal awareness and then um, it's that dance, uh, that interaction, that that conversation. Yeah, and I think what you're saying here as well is so interesting because I imagine very many people listening, when they hear talk of the senses, they probably think of the five senses, right? Touch, taste, smell, sight, and sound. But there's more than that. You're talking about this internal sensing. That's I think that's interoception, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And then there's also the sense of where your body is in time and space. And I believe that one's called proprioception which um, 
you know, for the people who love the feeling of a weighted blanket, that's really stimulating and working with the proprioceptive sense. So putting basically sense all over your body of your right here. Um, and I can't remember if there's an eighth one or not, but it's expanded view of what, what sensing is, right? That's really cool. Mm. Yeah. So I am curious, Jess, so we've talked in sort of this more broad strokes way about eco-sensuality and this sensing and somatic experiencing of being in the world, right? And interacting in the dance between the two. I'm wondering, could you share with our listeners some practical ways they could explore eco-sensuality for the first time? So if this is all really new, but they're curious, mm-hmm. where can they begin? Mm. Well, hmm. <laughs> there's so many different ways because we're, we contain all of the elements in our bodies. So our bodies is this like wellspring resource of everything that is around us. Um, but also hmm, tuning into maybe what element your body might be craving. I know certain people have like a really deep resonance with water. So even, you know, the practice of um, the practice of slowing down and being with in relationship to water, like either being in uh, like the ritual of taking a bath Hmm. and noticing the sensuality really taking in the way the water feels against your skin um or um building a relationship having a relationship to your house plants that one I feel like is accessible to many people who have house plants um what could that look like so how how would you or how could I, for example, have a relationship with a houseplant that's encompassing of eco-sexual um, sensuality? Mm, yeah. So <laughs> maybe it could be fun to play with a, a plant that I have around me now. Yeah, that'd but, be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a friend here and um I with ecosensuality, I think there's really this emphasis in really slowing down to feel. So um just even though this fern is lightly resting against my hand, I'm able to notice again with my senses um the vividness of its color and texture registering in my eyes. I noticed that there's actually some really subtle speckles on its leaves and that the edges of the leaves are rigid, that there's some ridging and um, taking in with my other hand that texture of its leaves, the way it tickles my hand, I can notice mm. the 
temperature of the leaf, I am noticing that it, the leaf is mostly smooth, but there's a little bit of, um, mm, that there is some like uh, really soft ridging all along the mm. leaf. Um, and I'm also noticing that it is, that it also tells me at which pressure to touch it in. I'm, I, I know by just by sensing and touching it that uh, it's telling me not to touch it too hard or else it mm. might rip, right? Or, yep. and that it's also absorbing my, the heat of my touch, that it's also matching a certain temperature. Um, and yeah, so that's just a little moment, a little sensory moment of just like really noticing, noticing. Well, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for this example for all of us, Jess, because I think one thing that's really important is you, know, you were talking before about the power of being in nature or in the forest and feeling that connection to the non-human world. And for those of us who live in cities or urban areas and are going, well, how can I access this? You showed us right here with no special preparation other than you have a plant that you're caring for that's living in your in your home. That even because Montreal is a big city, right? It's It's not like it's situated in the forest. And yet you found a moment to become really fully present through the senses. So that's awesome. That's really cool. And I noticed myself, my whole, like my breathing slowed down, my heart rate slowed down, listening to you just describing the details that you notice. And I'm wondering, listener, have you ever stopped to take a look at your houseplant in that way and to have a feel of your houseplant and the smell of your houseplant and taste, you might want to be careful. Some, some plants don't like being nibbled on and we don't like nibbling on some plants, right? Um, thank you so much for, for that demonstration. That was really cool. Welcome. And yeah, there's so many, there's endless explorations when it comes to even your own house plans and it expands, I think even more when you are in a larger, um, like say, like in a forest where you can really like pick up dirt and really like smell the dirt and um yeah there's endless explorations and so where do you experience pleasure in these moments so I, I'm curious because I think you know we're coming from a system that gives us a very rigid definition of what pleasure is and what it looks like and so I'm curious, you know, when you were looking at that fern and noticing these small details and touching and feeling, like you were also, for anybody who's listening, Jess was really smiling the whole time she was doing this. And I'm wondering, could you share something about how, how pleasure emerges from this practice, which might be different than the way people think pleasure comes about 
because you weren't doing anything genitally focused there. You weren't doing anything connected with erogenous zones, right? It was pleasure through sensing. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Thank you so much for such a great question. Because I'm often thinking about queering masturbation. Mm-hmm. Um, taking pleasure in so many ways, in like a galaxy of ways beyond just our genitals. And um, I often think of like my hands actually as like an erogenous zone because they're so sensitive. There's so many nerve endings. Hmm. So for someone who's new to Mm -hmm. sensual pleasure, Hmm. how do they know when it's working? right? How do they know when it's coming up? I can share for me personally, exercises like this in the sensual often create a sense of release for me, which is like tingling in my back and my shoulders, which comes from being extraordinarily present in the moment, which for me only ever happens through experiences of sensuality. Mm -hmm. And I was curious if if you had any insight to offer. So if someone's like, okay, I'm stroking my plant. I'm not sure if this is working. Mm-hmm. What might you say to someone with a question like that? Mm-hmm. Hmm. My question, I think, would really, yeah, I think in approaching any of these eco-sensual practices or somatic practices in general, is this like, emphasis on curiosity Mm. it's not necessarily is it working or not working but what are you what are you noticing Mm -hmm. just plain and simple what is it what is it that you notice in your own body um and it could be it could actually be nothing and that's a sensation too um And everybody's experience or the ways that their bodies register pleasure, the sensations that happen in their bodies vary so much. There's, yeah, there's no um, right formula or sensation to know if you're doing it right or wrong. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of beauty to be celebrated in that. And I Mm. think nature reflects that really well um that there is no that these like constructs of um right or wrong actually don't even really don't exist in nature Mm, beautiful Mm. thank you I love the advice for tapping into curiosity and noticing and you know like what feels good to you you know So Jess, I'm wondering, you know, as we're coming towards the end of our time together, I'd also wanted to ask, so to kind of pull the lens out a little bit and think about queer ecology for a moment. Could you share with our listeners how queer ecology questions cisgender, white, heteronormative patriarchy, right? How does queer ecology challenge the systems of oppression that we're living under? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's such a dominant narrative in the ways that we um, talk about nature as mm. if we are separate from nature or that there's this hierarchy of intellect or mind over body that there is um this idea like a like darwinian idea that there we need competition or like dominance in order to survive and um I think queer ecology is this theoretical framework that inherently challenges it because it shows us in that within the more than human and animate world that there's like a a whole like galaxy and constellation of ways that nature is reproducing moving towards interacting being in relationship to each other like there's fungi that we're still trying to understand how they're moving from place to place the way they're communicating and um being um so by drawing on this inspiration of the of this like strangeness and that like that's so like um, expansive and beyond these binary colonial ways of of thinking. Um, Yeah, it can really inspire us to um, embrace a multiplicity. um, Yeah, multiple ways of being and thinking and imagining. And, and dreaming even um, that is outside of these structures and confines mm. of, yeah, of the systems that we're living in. Wow. Jess, that's powerful work. And the practices you've shared with us and, and today are simple and yet deep. And, you know, I, I think there's also a great power here that you're you're sharing with with people in terms of the the liberation that is available through sensual pleasure, the body, and noticing our interconnectedness with with the much wider world than this human world that we wind up so preoccupied with. Jess, how can people get in touch? How can people learn more about you, more about eco-sensuality? Um, where, should the, where should the folks go for more? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> and so I've been taking these online courses. Um, there's actually the Institute of Queer Ecology that wow. I have, Yeah, that I've been learning so much from, been taking a course on mutualism that's been like, wow, so inspiring. Um, there's also the Institute for Post-Natural Studies that I've been harvesting a lot of inspiration from as well. Um, authors like David 
Abram and Sophie Strand are incredible writers that have like busted my mind open to this world. Um, and I also want to note that like this wisdom is indigenous, like so like this wisdom is still carried by indigenous peoples. And it's really just like this remembering through our bodies. Um, but anyway, so those are some resources. <laughs> and um, and my uh, Instagram is Sensing Soma. And I also have a website, which is sensingsoma.com. And um, I am taking um, clients. So yeah, you can learn more about my practice there. Yes. So if any of this has resonated with you today, uh, run, don't walk to follow Jess on Instagram. And it sounds like don't hesitate to reach out because you are taking clients. Um, mm-hmm. Is that in person or virtual or both? Um, I'm playing with both. I prefer in person um, and I'm also open to online. Wonderful. Great. Thank you so much for clarifying that. So it sounds like wherever you're listening from, there might be an opportunity to work with Jess. So once again, thank you so much for giving so generously of your time today. You've certainly given me some things to think about. And uh, to everybody listening, uh, either watching the video or catching us on the podcast feed, uh, I'm so glad you chose to spend some of your time with us today as well. Until the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to head over to sluttyactivism.com and learn how you can get started changing the world with pleasure. Also, make sure to follow the show so that you get notified when I drop a new episode. And if you want to connect with other like-minded people, Come join us in Certainty for Overthinkers, the Slutty Activism Podcast Community Facebook group. Hope to see you there.